Hello and welcome to Super Great Kids Stories. Wise tales from storytellers around the world which will make you laugh and sometimes cry. Recommended for ages 5 to 105. I'm Kim and I love stories. Hello Super Great Kids and how are you? Now, if you remember, our theme is fairy tales around the world and this week, Tien and Duyeb is going to share with you a funny fairy tale about a trickster cat called Puss in Boots or the Master Cat. This very old story comes from Italy, which is a country in southern Europe and it's shaped like a boot. Now, here's a cat tongue twister for you to practice. See if you can say this. How much chat could a cute cat chat if a cute cat could chat chat? You have a go and see if you can do it. How much chat could a cute cat chat if a cute cat could chat chat? See if you can say that while we have a quick word with the grown-ups. Hello, super great kids. I'm back. Did you manage to do that tongue twister? How much chat could a cute cat... I'm sure you did it really well. Now, it's time to welcome Tien and Duyeb with his cat story. Are you sitting comfortably? Then let the story begin. Or, as they say in Italy, c'era una volta. Are you a cat person or a dog person? I always find that question hilarious because I imagine the person asking thinks you either drink milk and have whiskers or chase a ball and bark a lot. I think dogs are great, but I'm more of a cat person. I like that cats often have their own plans about how things should go. Lots of people think cats are cute and they definitely can be, but cats are also cunning and tricksy. They're often much more in charge of their humans than their owners are of them. Can you make a good meowing noise? Meow? Isn't it the perfect mix of Please look after me, I'm only a little cat and I'm completely controlling you and you will get me whatever I want. Of course, there are millions of funny cat pictures and videos on the internet. But have you heard the very first ever story about a cat who dressed up in a funny outfit? That's right, it's Puss in Boots. Or as it was first known, The Master Cat, which I think sounds a lot more accurate as a title for a story about a devious little kitty. And here is that very tale. Are you ready? Mouth open, story jump out. Once upon a time, there was a miller. That's a person who grinds wheat to make flour. And he had three sons. Now, I'm sorry to have to tell you that one day the miller died and the three sons had to decide how to divide up their dad's belongings. The first son, being the biggest and the oldest, got the flour mill. That meant he could carry on like his father, working day and night to make flour. The second son received the family donkey so he could use it to carry the flour his older brother had made and sell it in the market. And the third son, who was a miserable, whiny sort of boy who had never helped his father when he was alive, he was given the cat that used to sleep in the mill and catch the mice. 
As his older two brothers handed him this bundle of claws and fur, the third son wept and wailed, complaining bitterly that his share of his dad's belongings was pitiful and rubbish. What on earth could he do with a cat? Whoever made a living with a cat by their side, especially since there is no chance you'll ever get one to stay by your side for more than two minutes. The third son said out loud that he might as well eat his cat and make a hand warmer out of its fur. What a horrible thing to say. The cat heard all of this because of course he did. He wasn't asleep, he'd had one eye open and was listening carefully as most cats do. And this cat was much, much smarter than the ungrateful boy who was to be his new master. So the cat stood up on two legs, which was very unusual, and spoke out loud to the third son, which was even more unusual. The cat said, if you get me a bag and some shoes, I'll make sure you never starve again. The boy was so shocked to hear his cat talking that he did indeed give the cat a bag and some shoes, even though he didn't really believe a word the cat said. But the cat was nevertheless very pleased with his shiny new shoes and no sooner had he put them on than he walked off and immediately caught a rabbit. It turns out cats are even better hunters when they have decent footwear. Now, instead of bringing his cat back to his new owner, the cat delivered it to the king's palace. Being a cat, he was allowed to walk right past the guards without them batting an eyelid, and he went straight up to the king to deliver the rabbit at his feet. Then he stood back up on his two feet and bowed to the king. Meow, your majesty, he announced. This is a present from my master, the Marquis of Carabas, which was a name he'd just made up. He sends your royal highness this rabbit as a gift for your table. Well, the king was delighted. Not just with a talking cat, but also with the gift. He liked rabbits, and he sent the cat on his way with many thanks. No one knew, including the cat's owner or the king, or any humans who tried to give the cat a stroke when they saw it, or made that clicky noise you make at cats, you know... Anyway, I'm waffling. No one knew that this feline had a big plan. The first part of the plan was to keep delivering rabbits as gifts to the king for three months. And each time he did, he would say, Meow, your royal highness, this is a gift from my master, the Marquis of Carabas. And each time the king would thank him and send him on his way. Now, on one such visit, the cat overheard the king's workers talking. They said that the king and his daughter, who was the most beautiful princess in all the land, would be taking a drive together. Kapow! This was just the information the cat had been waiting for. Now he could begin the next part of his big plan. He returned to his silly, moany owner, the miller's third son, and told him that the king was about to pass by in his carriage on the road and that he had to take a bath in the pond just next to that road. The boy didn't question the cat at all, because I suppose he had now learned that if a cat talks, it's a very good idea to listen. So he got undressed and sat in the pond, rubbing the mud from his toes. The cat very quickly found the third son's clothes and hid them behind a rock. So if you are a cat owner and your cat steals your socks, you might want to question if they have some sort of a big plan for you. Now, it wasn't long before the king drove past in his golden carriage. The cat stood in the road and shouted, Help! Help! The Lord Marquis of Caribas is going to drown in the pond. Please help! The king recognised the cat because, to be honest, there really weren't any other talking cats around at the time. And he remembered the name Marquis of Caribas. So he stopped the coach and asked the cat what had happened. 
Our furry hero explained that his master was bathing and some thieves had stolen his clothes and pushed him deep into the pond. The king was horrified and immediately sent some servants to help the young man and then he ordered them to fetch him some of his own royal clothes for the boy to wear. When he was all dressed up in the grand clothes, the snivelling boy looked so fancy that when the princess saw him out of the coach window, she immediately fell in love with him. The king asked the Marquis and the cat if they would accompany him and the princess on their drive. The son agreed, but the cat said he'd prefer it if he could run alongside the coach instead, because cats can be awkward like that. As they set off, the cat ran ahead and told any farm workers he found that if the king passed by, they must all bow down and pretend that the land belonged to the Marquis of Carabas, and that if they didn't, he would chop them up like mincemeat. Quite how a cat would do that when they don't even have fingers and thumbs, I'm not sure, but again, you wouldn't question a talking cat, would you? So all the farm workers did as they were told, and the third son soon realised what was happening, and he began showing off to the princess and her father about all the land he owned. The cat carried on running ahead until he reached a castle. Arriving there long before the coach would, the cat marched across the moat to find an incredibly rich and brutish ogre inside. The cat had heard all about this ogre. How? I'm not sure. Maybe he watches the muse at ten. And the cat knew that the ogre owned the castle and all the land around and that he had amazing shape-shifting skills, which meant he could turn himself into anything he liked. The cat greeted the ogre. Greetings, oh noble and good-looking ogre. How are things going on in your beautiful castle? And the cat charmed the ogre so much that the ogre agreed to show him his amazing shape-shifting skills which had made him famous. I don't suppose you'd be able, asked the cat, to turn yourself into a huge scary creature like a lion? Not a problem, bellowed the ogre. I can be anything. And in a flash of green light and pongy smoke, the ogre turned himself into a lion. And the cat pretended to be terrified, even though, as we all know, lions are just big cats. Meow! Wow, that is fantastic, meowed the cat. I don't suppose you'd be able to turn yourself into a titchy-witchy-teary-weeny creature like a rat or a mouse, would you? Not a problem, bellowed the ogre. I can be anything. And in a flash of green light and pongy smoke, the ogre turned himself into a tiny, squeaky little mouse at which point the cat leapt on him and gobbled him up. Meow! And just as he finished his tasty meal of ogre mouse and licked his lips, the king, the princess and the silly third son arrived. Having not seen this castle before, the king ordered the coach to stop and the cat ran straight out and welcomed him to the Marquis of Carabas's castle. They immediately threw a party, devouring all the food and all the drink left behind by the ogre and much toasting and boasting and merriment went on. The king was overjoyed to have such a rich and powerful new friend and asked his daughter if she'd like to marry the third son, which she agreed she definitely would, since after all, she'd fallen in love with him. And then the king asked the Marquis of Carabas, aka the miller's third son, if he'd like to marry his daughter, which of course he was over the moon to agree to. And what a delightful and delicious wedding feast it was. 
Now, if you like cats, you'll be wondering what the cat got out of all of this when it seems like he put in quite a lot of effort just to help his owner, who wasn't particularly nice to him. Well, he didn't get eaten, did he? And his fur wasn't turned into a hand warmer, was it? And the king made the cat a lord, so he never had to hunt for mice ever again. And I probably don't need to tell you that they all lived cattily ever after. Meow! Mouth open, story jump back in. Thank you very much to Tien and Duyeb for that story. I'm very pleased that the cat didn't get eaten. And what I want to know is this. I want to know why those three brothers didn't just share their dad's mill and the donkey and the cat equally. I suppose the story might not have been quite so good. Now, I've got a huge reason to be cheerful. Lots of you have officially become members of our Owlets Club. Hip, hip, hooray! Or a story owl always says, So, it's time to dig deep into my bag of happies and give a hearty welcome to some new storytelling owlets. Hello to Misha Jean, who is seven from Brooklyn in New York and who is now living in Mexico in Playa del Carmen. Misha Jean has drawn a wonderful picture of Baba Yaga the witch looking for things to pop into her cauldron to cook. Thank you, Misha Jean. Lucky you getting to live in Mexico. And hello to Maggie, who is five, from Shrewsbury in the UK. Maggie has just become a brand new owlet. I was going to tell you her favourite story, but she says she loves them all. Well, thank you, Maggie. And hello to Owlets Ogden, Diermud and Gemma, who liked the lullaby in Mama Draga. And hello to Claire, who is six years old and lives in Haddon Township in New Jersey. Claire has sent us a lovely picture of the scarecrow and the hair story. And hello to Thomas, who is 12 and lives in Bristol in the UK and who loves listening to super great kids' stories. Thomas has drawn a super great picture of the Aboriginal tale from Australia, Tiddalink the Enormous Frog. Thanks very much, Thomas. It's super great. And hello to new Owlet Heron, who is five and has drawn a lovely bright yellow picture of Baba Yaga's house. Thank you, Heron. Love your picture. Now, there are lots of you coming into our nest at the moment, so if your name wasn't there today, or if you joined on Apple where we can't see your names, then do let us know and we'll do our best to say woohoo and thank you too. And thanks, Herbie and Milo, for your gift on Kofi. Great to hear that it's become part of your bedtime routine. Teeth? book reading and then fall asleep to super great kids. What a lovely way to end the day. And a big thanks too to super great kids stories fan Zooey, who is seven and lives in Los Angeles. Thank you for your gift, Zooey. Zooey's favourite stories are Baba Yaga and the Cat and the Parrot. And thanks to all our subscribers. We couldn't do this without you. You know what I'm going to say, don't you? Teamwork makes the dream work. <laughs>
That's right. And thank you to Moonlight and to Tank Group, both in the US, for your kind reviews on Apple. It makes my heart sing to read them. And lots of you have been drawing and painting up a storm, so we've had a whole rainbow of wonderfully imaginative drawings. I'd like to say thank you to some of you. Hello to Liam, who is seven and has drawn a thoughtful picture about the magic orange tree in Haiti. And Callan, who is five, from Texas in the US, who's also been inspired to draw an imaginative picture of the magic orange tree story. And thanks to Finn, who is five, from Newcastle-upon-Tyne in the UK, who sent us a lovely picture of the sprightly tailor from Super Great Scary Stories. Well done for listening, Finn. And four-year-old twins Claire and Molly in Houston in Texas have each drawn an imaginative picture. Claire drew the Three Little Pigs story and Molly has drawn a colourful picture of an egg. And hello to super artist Zeline, who has sent us another of her detailed and well-observed drawings of the story Ruby Red Lips and Long Red Fingernails. Just super great, Zeline. Thanks for sharing that. And thanks to Violet, who is 10, from Queensland in Australia, who's drawn a detailed and very clever picture of Tianje and the Yellow Dress, a story from the Caribbean. And a big hello to Anna Clara, who is eight and a half and lives in Leamington Spa here in the UK. She's drawn a very fun picture of the story Fox at a Party. Lovely, Anna Clara. Thank you. And Theo, who is six, from Pembrokeshire in Wales, has drawn a brilliant red dragon from the story behind the Welsh flag, The Two Dragons. And Jenna, who is seven, has drawn a lovely picture of the story Why Evergreen Trees Keep Their Leaves in Winter. Just lovely, Jenna. Thank you. And thanks to all of you super keen artists. We'll read out more thank yous next week. Story Owl is positively purring. Oh, do owls purr? Probably not. Anyway, she is super happy to be sharing your pictures on Facebook. Do look on our Facebook page to see those drawings and lots more. And that's just about it for this week. If you're a subscriber, look out for Kate Corkery's January bonus story, The Tailor and the King, and a super great scary story from Amy Douglas, Tommy and the Ghost. See you next week. This podcast was produced at Wardour Studios in London.